Hello guys, uh, it's a bit uh, cloudy today, uh, but here we are. Uh, I'm Pablo, uh, the Legal and Tax Advocacy Group Officer for the European Chamber of Commerce in Myanmar. Uh, we are here uh, to discuss legal and tax issues. Uh, this is the, the first podcast of a series of podcasts that we intend to have. Yeah. Um, I'm here with uh, Bafna and Rohan, both legal advisors at DFTL Myanmar. Uh, we will be discussing a series of uh, issues abo- uh, in affecting the evolving landscape of investment in, in Myanmar. Uh, so let's start uh, asking about your thoughts on the, on the evolving landscape of investment in Myanmar. Thanks very much, Pablo, for having us. So certainly the investment uh, landscape in Myanmar has evolved a lot and specifically the government of Myanmar has taken uh, like specific uh, steps to uh, evolve the foreign investment in the country and bolster the foreign investment in Myanmar as such. Out of which the most important uh, thing is the enactment and enforcement of the Myanmar Companies Law and its regulation which is the primary legislation which lists out the investment options available to a foreign investment in Myanmar. So going forward, we'll talk about the possible investment options which a foreign investor has in the country. First of all would be like incorporation of a 100% foreign-owned company or a joint venture with a local Myanmar company or a Myanmar individual. Uh, this could be, uh, and over here this could be, the joint venture could be uh, where the foreign company may have up to 35% of, uh, where the company may have up to 35% of foreign shareholding where it qualifies as a foreign company under the provisions of Myanmar company's law. And uh, the, other, uh, the other option that is the 100% foreign owned company could be well incorporated and driven by the Myanmar company's law provision. Uh, however, it is important to note that the certain other sector specific investment would be still driven by the provisions of Myanmar investment laws and its implementing rules. Uh, further, going forward, the, the another option which an investor has in Myanmar is incorporation of a 100% foreign-owned subsidiary where the parent company is in a foreign jurisdiction, um, which again would be regulated by the provisions of the Myanmar Companies Law and if it's a sector-specific, regula- uh, sector-specific investment, then the provisions of Myanmar investment law would come into picture. Another option which is really interesting option is the registration as an overseas corporation. So the term overseas corporation has basically replaced the concept of a representative office or the branch offices as mentioned under the repealed Myanmar Companies Act of 1940. But the most important thing to note here is that the representative offices or the branch offices were restricted in their business activities under the old Myanmar, uh, Myanmar Companies Act. However, under the Myanmar Companies Law, the companies incorporated and registered under the company's law have, are not obligated to have the specific business objectives to be stated under their constitution, uh, which is again a very interesting and welcome move by the uh, Myanmar government as such. Now, like going forward, we would also uh, telling you about the specific sectors which have been liberalized specifically by the government. Mm-hmm. And uh, this may also include the highly regulated sectors which were very much restricted for foreign investment in Myanmar. 
So Rohan will brief you up about the insurance uh, sector, which has opened up very recently by the Ministry of Planning and Finance. Mm -hmm. thank, thank you so much, Bhavna, for that uh, lovely introduction on the Myanmar Companies Law and how the Myanmar Investment Law plays out with the Myanmar Companies Law for, for all these uh, companies to be incorporated and actually have its uh, operations here in Myanmar. So now, uh, Pablo, there are various sectors which have been liberalized, which was not actually in operation mm -hmm. in the past. Uh, I mean, the banking sector has had vast reforms. The insurance sector, as Bhavna just pointed out, has opened up to foreign investors. Then we have the wholesale and retail trading activities, which was also not part of foreign investment activity, which is, which is opened up. And I'll talk about a few other industry-specific interesting points. But, but going forward, let me just uh, talk a little bit on the insurance sector. So the insurance sector did not permit foreign uh, insurance companies to actually have their operations here in Myanmar in the past. Mm -hmm. But uh, earlier this year, the Financial Regulatory Department, we refer it to as the FRD, came out with a very interesting notification which said that Going forward, there would be a phase-wise liberalization policy wherein foreign players would be allowed to operate in the Myanmar market. And uh, right now, they've, they've, they, ca they came up with, uh, with the notification which allowed a 100% foreign-owned, wholly foreign-owned subsidiary to have its operations in Myanmar and, they would be, and the FRD would actually go ahead and issue a license to this subsidiary. So this would be a part of a very detailed licensing procedure. Uh, we've assisted more than one client in dealing with this entire procedure with the FRD. And um, recently in May 2019, in this year itself, the FRD also came out with the list of approved licenses. Like pre, They have to meet the pre-licensing conditions mm -hmm. upon which these companies will be receiving their uh, final licenses. So there are five in number as of now. And right now there are, they, they are still in process of uh, meeting with these pre-licensing criteria. Mm. Uh, this is one option wherein you have, I mean, I forgot to mention that this is only for life insurance. Mm. This activity is opened up only for life insurance uh, purposes. Mm. And uh, the other option is to have a JV. So, there will be 35% of foreign shareholding and, and the rest will be with a local Myanmar partner. Mm -hmm. So that can be done life-life or non-life, non-life. So, and there is no res restrictive number on that. As per media sources, we are aware of four uh, joint ventures, life-life, which have actually come gone ahead and uh, they've also received their pre-license. They have to meet with the respective criteria. And but, but you know, positive steps going forward because now we have foreign insurance players in the Myanmar market and various companies, I mean, even in the investment law, there are uh, insurance related activities or insurance related prescriptions which are mentioned. Mm. So these foreign insurers will actually go ahead and take care of all these because they have a lot of capital, they have a lot of uh, experience, capacity mm. and technical know-how to deal with an emerging market partnering with uh, the FRD, the Myanmar government, as well as the local players. Mm. So I think uh, the Myanmar uh, insurance sector opening up is a, is a big thing 
and we look forward to more and more investments in this sector. Uh, going forward, uh, I think Bhavna would like to discuss on another sector which is which is massive. Mm. It's the wholesale and retail uh, sector which opened up in 2018 and uh, I leave the floor open to Bhavna to discuss on that. Thank you Rohan. So yes Pablo, going forward uh, we would like to mention about the liberalization of the trade as such internally in Myanmar. Uh, that is the uh, wholesale and retail business which have been lately uh, allowed to 100% foreign-owned entities and joint ventures under the notification number 25 of 2018 issued by the Ministry of Commerce. So until 2018, the 100% foreign-owned entities were not allowed to trade for uh, imported products in Myanmar. However, by virtue of these notifications, they can and they are permitted to conduct the wholesale and or retail business of the imported products in the country, provided they meet certain criteria of minimum investment amount stated therein. So uh, this minimum investment amount varies as per the category of the company which will be engaging in this wholesale and or uh, retail business activity. So for where the company is 100% foreign owned company the, uh, and it want to engage in the uh, retail and wholesale business together, the minimum initial investment amount will be uh, US dollars 8 million wherein uh, US dollars eight, uh, 5 million will be for wholesale activities and uh, 3 million would be for uh, retail activities. And wherein the uh, entity is a joint venture company with a Myanmar local company or an individual uh, which specifies to the ratio of uh, 20 to 80 that is at least 20% shareholding is of the Myanmar local company or the individual. Mm -hmm. Then the minimum in initial investment amount would be US dollars 3 million for uh, wholesale activities and 700,000 for retail activities. But what we face here is like uh, the challenge which an investor is facing about the injection of this uh, in, uh, minimum investment amount as stated by under this notification. But we would like to mention here and we feel it's really important uh, that the Ministry of Commerce does not uh, um, mandates to have this amount injected upfront uh, in the country. They specified that the investor is uh, allowed to have this amount injected within a span of three years from the date of putting the application for registration of the wholesale retail business. So that's really flexible move and you have a specific time within which you can meet this criteria of minimum initial investment. Later on um, in 2018, the Ministry of Commerce specifically came out with the standard operating procedures specifying how they will be evaluating the application and how will be the process, which is again a very um, explanative uh, thing given by the Department of Trade as such. Further, uh, they also uh, came out with a priority list of the items which they felt that uh, would be considered uh, in the application to be approved for wholesale, wholesale retail business. But at the same time, the Ministry of Commerce specified that this is not an exhaustive list and mm -hmm. they may consider the applications on case-to-case -case basis. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's really interesting because we recently had a client wherein they wanted to uh, engage in the wholesale retail of animal feeds, which mm -hmm. was obviously not stated under the 
priority list which Ministry of Commerce came out with. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the the Ministry of Commerce was like very uh, welcome towards the uh, request we put forward for discussing this proposed business. Yeah. And we had a meeting with them and uh, they discussed how they would be dealing with under this new business activity when it relates to or while considering the application for registration of wholesale and or retail business. So certainly, I mean, uh, we felt like the uh, ministries and the relevant departments are educating themselves and they are coming forward to uh, uh, like considering the evolving and the new nature of investment in the country and they are not restricting themselves to the old school thoughts that mm -hmm. only based on this we will be evaluating um, ABC applications which will be submitted to us for evaluation. So that's really a welcome and an interesting move we are considering and we really look forward to how this sector goes further. So yes, uh, and then uh, what else do you think we will, uh, we will consider like when it comes to the liberalization? What are your thoughts mm -hmm. further? Actually, let me uh, ask uh, Rohan on that. Uh, I think he, he knows a lot about uh, these issues. So uh, are there any specific sectors, Rohan, uh, which have been liberalized by the government? And on that, uh, along those lines, uh, were there a highly regulated sector which have opened up to foreign investment? Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you, Pablo. So. Uh, highly regulated sector which has opened up, I have already uh, spoken about the insurance sector mm. and trading has also opened up and, and thereafter banking, there's the central bank of Myanmar which is called the CBN mm. has come out with various notifications and, and, and various uh, liberalizing policies which have actually opened up the Myanmar market to foreign banks as mm. well. Mm. That will be discussed uh, in detail by Bhavna because she'll also discuss the uh, financing aspects of, of, of these banks and of, of projects in general in Myanmar. So I mean the banking sector is one which we uh, work on a lot mm -hmm. and the banking sector has opened up and has liberalized to a great extent. Mm -hmm. So sectoral basis on a sectoral basis I think insurance, banking, trading these are the three sectors which uh, we have I mean, several clients have, have seen the progress of the Myanmar market and, and it is really doing well and we hope in the future there will be more foreign investment and there will be more growth because Myanmar is a country which definitely needs a lot of foreign support. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just on the off, I'd like to speak about a, a, a legislation which is interesting because I had a lot of, we received a lot of queries from clients in the past mm -hmm. and and it's it's on the gaming sector the gambling sector casinos mm -hmm. because there are so many foreign investors which want to invest in in myanmar mm -hmm. from china from thailand so we we've got quite a few clients quite a few interested parties who want to know the development with respect to the gaming aspect in myanmar mm -hmm. so this is this this is very interesting because Myanmar had a blanket ban on gambling mm. as per the gambling law of 1986. We had the hotels and tourism law of uh, 1990s mm. which basically allowed a casino to be operated with a hotel mm. but that was in gross contravention of the gambling law because the gambling law mm. placed a blanket ban on casinos. So there are a few casinos at present which are operating 
in the borders mm. with a remit from the investment commission mm-hmm. but these are not i mean not specifically regulated nor do they have proper approvals and they can't be followed as a precedent mm. so this was the situation existing in myanmar till 2019 however in april the government came out in in may rather the government came out with the gambling law of 2019 mm. and that has specifically allowed casinos to be operated by foreign investors in myanmar with the stipulation of the union government mm. now after reading through this law what we came up is that myanmar nationals are not allowed to operate casinos they are not allowed to set up a casino they are not allowed to gamble mm-hmm. so this is a restrictive uh, legislation as far as myanmar citizens are concerned mm-hmm. however the government does realize the immense potential which uh, myanmar has as a country mm-hmm. uh, with respect to the revenues which can be generated mm-hmm. and uh, and the interest from foreign investors in setting up a gambling house because it's not just a gambling house there'll be ancillary uh, industries ancillary sectors which will also open up so in a particular area where they actually set up a gambling house mm-hmm. can 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 open up large hotels mm-hmm. restaurants and and all of it will develop mm-hmm. to a great extent and of course revenue taxes a lot of it can come up and and uh, the economic growth of of myanmar would be bolstered by this uh, this legislation mm-hmm. now the rules and regulations for this or what the stipulations are they have not yet been enforced they have mm-hmm. not been published we don't know how it will be taken forward in the future but since the legislation is now there in place what we can actually hope for is that these gambling houses will eventually be set up in by, by foreigners and then it will be a huge potential for growth in myanmar i mean employment generation will increase because myanmar nationals will definitely have to work in these gambling houses mm-hmm. so this is one one industry which i wanted to speak about because lately we had we've received quite a number of uh, queries interest potential investment structures options and where we've always said that you know as a blanket ban myanmar is not allowing Yeah. but right now we can go ahead and say that you know there's a legislation is in place mm-hmm. which allows foreign investment in the gambling sector in the gambling industry rather and that that just spells out how the government is actually liberalizing mm. mechanisms in myanmar it's actually very interesting but uh, if uh, you don't mind me saying like uh, it must be very challenging in a in such a conservative and religious country to absolutely to move yeah, yes with with yeah. this absolutely understood uh, pablo which is why um they want foreign flow of money mm. so as much of a challenge it is they've regul- they want to regulate it in such a manner where myanmar nationals are not actually gambling oh, okay. where myanmar nationals may not be allowed to operate these uh, gambling houses either mm. so i mean the exact specifications have not been come have not come out yet because the regulations the rules they are not published uh, but uh, you see that keeping that in mind keeping your observation in mind mm-hmm. they've actually made a procedure where there's a no, there's not a lot of myanmar money or money from myanmar nationals 
which enter these gambling houses and keeping in mind the the regressive if i may use that term mm-hmm. nature of uh, the society mm-hmm. as of now they they want to restrict it only to foreigners okay. and th- there's a large expat community in myanmar as well right now you know mm-hmm. and uh, we expect more to come in okay. so going by that i think uh, it's positive because then it will open up so many other aspects mm-hmm. and and the revenues which may which will be generated because thailand and all these countries they they have a lot of interest in these since it's just across the border in this specific aspect mm-hmm. yes it's uh, very very interesting i but i wonder however if the uh, some sector of society would argue that the the revenues made of this uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, business of gambling uh, could be moral following the you know the yes 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 i understand your point but i do understand your point we'll have to wait and watch how it goes on because right now it's still a very it's at a nascent stage so mm-hmm. we don't really know how the implementing rules and regulations will actually deal mm-hmm. with these uh, with this aspect that you're talking about mm-hmm. but i completely understand your uh, point and your uh, concern mm-hmm. considering the fact that Myanmar as a country is has its set of challenges mm-hmm. yes so yeah, yeah. do you have uh, anything to say on on this part now yeah since we are talking about the sector specific li- uh, liberalization there's another very important sector which was highly regulated in fact completely restricted to foreign investment mm-hmm. in Myanmar that is the banking sector however the central bank of Myanmar that is the CBM Uh, came up with a notice in January 2019 this mm-hmm. year itself wherein they permitted foreign banks to have mm-hmm. equity investment in Myanmar local banks mm-hmm. uh, which is again in line with the provisions of Myanmar companies law that is they can have equity interest of up to 35 percent that mm-hmm. is up to 35 percent shareholding that was for by the foreign banks in the respective local banks in Myanmar. However, the uh, specific CBM notice did not uh, stipulate how the applications uh, or the criteria of evaluating such applications, which will be submitted to the CBM for uh, merger with the local bank uh, and the foreign bank. Uh, but it still mentioned that the CBM is going to evaluate these applications based on the draft joint venture agreement, which the foreign bank will be entering with the local bank. probably they'll be evaluating the controlling factors and other factors mm-hmm. in relation to the management and all in compliance with the financial institutions law mm-hmm. so we understand and we really appreciate that it's a really welcome move by the cbm however we are not uh, aware of any bank which has gone further and have been approved for an uh, merger with the local bank in myanmar yet but we understand that cbm is still considering the applications which have been submitted and also uh, this would st- uh, strengthen the capabilities of the local banks which are operating in myanmar because right now uh, they they are not so capable to mm-hmm. finance mm-hmm. the international projects which are uh, uh, initiated and commenced in the country and as a result of that the major and the um, the major and the most pro- uh, prominent financing option which is available to the uh, investments and the projects in Myanmar is by the international institution mm. so the uh, international institutions uh, specifically like adb and ifc mm. have played a very important role in driving the project finance in the country 
and uh, accordingly uh, now since there is liberalization of the banking sector we understand that this will strengthen the local banks itself mm. and uh, the foreign banks uh, while having the merger with the local bank they may provide the relevant technical know-how the other management uh, factors which could improvise their reporting and the uh, internal management of the banks Hmm. So yes, this is again a very welcome move by the CBM, hmm. which has opened the banking sector in Myanmar. In Myanmar, yeah. I see. If uh, uh, you don't mind me asking uh, asking you another questions, I would like to ask you uh, what are the options available to an investor in terms of project finance and any major challenges. Uh, Yeah, sure. So, uh, as uh, mentioned before, mm. the major uh, option of project financing which an investor has in Myanmar is through the international finance institutions. So, accordingly, international finance institutions like ADB and IFC has played mm. a very important role until mm. <coughs> until now in financing the projects in Myanmar. However, there's another option which the projects may have is to have an offshore loan by Uh, international banks mm -mm. but that would be subject to a prior approval from the CBM wherein the applicant is uh, required to meet the criteria for submitting the application which would be evaluated by the CBM and accordingly the approval would be granted mm. uh, as a part of the application the applicant would be required to submit the draft loan agreement as well which would be entered with the foreign uh, bank uh, for getting the offshore loan And another option which which is possible for a project in Myanmar is to have an intra-company loan, wherein the parent entity, which is incorporated in a foreign jurisdiction, may have uh, may give the shareholder loan to a subsidiary which is incorporated in Myanmar. However, it is important to note that this would again be driven and would be subject to the prior approval by the CBM mm. in accordance with the provisions of uh, foreign exchange management law and foreign exchange management regulations in Myanmar. Mm. So, yes, uh, this is how the project finance has been working uh, until now in Myanmar. However, we we really feel that with the liberalization of the banking sector, mm. this would be uh, the uh, investors would have more options and to have finance available from the local banks maybe after they have a merger with the foreign banks and thereby their capabilities would be strengthened and improved. Mm. Thanks a lot, Pavna. That, that was very interesting. Uh, Rohan, yes. if uh, you don't mind me uh, coming back to you, sure. how are the intellectual property <coughs> rights of investors protected in Myanmar? So, um, post Pavna's discussions on the sector-specific liberalizations mm. and and how we've already dealt with uh, the aspects of investment options and how investment in general has opened up. Investors do look for IP protection. Hmm. And Myanmar in general had a very uh, sort of immature uh, understanding of IP protection in the past. Hmm. But in 2019, we have enacted, the Myanmar government has enacted four IP laws the trademark law, the designs law, the patents law, and the copyrights law. So now these have not been enforced yet because there are several mechanisms within these laws which need to be set up and actually understood and regulated by capacity building, technical know-how and all of that. But these laws are there in place. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand that trademark is a very, very important aspect and And most investors, local, foreign, they, they often want 
a certain amount of trademark protection in 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 the country itself mm. so myanmar didn't have a trademark law in the past so trademarks were being registered by the office of registration of deeds commonly termed as the ord mm. and um, by declaration of a title and then publication of a cautionary notice and all of that which is a very basic uh, structure and 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 uh, you know regulatory requirement but there was no force of of law as such mm. now that we have the trademark law in place there are several uh, options and there are several rights available to to brand owners mm. however there are concerns and and one of the major concerns on the trademark law as such is the system of a first to file approach and that's that's there on the media most most people are pretty worried about the fact of of having this first to file approach because i mean the basic uh, guidance which the trademark law has given us is that you as an applicant you file your application for protecting your trademark first mm. you will be given the priority right i mean you have the first right to file mm. the application date is given maximum importance mm. that's that's the first approach because that's how they want to go ahead with it however i want to here in mention to all who are listening mm. that uh, there is something called a priority protection mm. so trademarks which were previously registered with the ord they have a priority protection under the law and they will be given a prescribed period for at least i think 6 months mm-hmm. that will be specified in the rules once they are and once they are published but we understand that it will be 6 months so they can actually obtain this priority protection and have their trademarks protected which were already registered that's mm-hmm. one the other part of it is uh, with respect to having an entire setup so there'll be a, an ipr committee which will be basically there for all these laws they'll have a have one individual body which will deal with all related aspects of intellectual property mm-hmm. now there's a lot of work which needs to be done because the ministries the government the technical committees they lack capacity they lack technical know how they at this point in time there's a scarce nature mm-hmm. of resource available to these committees mm-hmm. but we understand we've been speaking to various forum speaking at various forums and various chambers of commerces and they are actually talking a lot with with the IPR committee with with the mm-hmm. technical body which has already been set up and things seem very bright mm. so the ipr committee will actually take care of all these registrations will take care of all ipr protection in myanmar and another very very interesting aspect is the aspect of an ipr court now previously for infringements of uh, say a trademark the common law system would apply and and uh, you'd have to file a suit in a myanmar mm. court and general uh defenses of of passing off would would be applicable to infringements of ipr mm-hmm. but now this ipr court has the jurisdiction that will be set up at a regional level by the supreme court of myanmar mm-hmm. and they will have the jurisdiction to deal with ipr related issues mm-hmm. so they have the power to take civil remedies mentioned in the law at length and there's a very interesting concept of criminal remedies now criminal penalties or uh, which may be which can be taken by the ipr court for infringers mm-hmm. 
So fine amount, penalty amount and uh, imprisonment amount has also been mentioned in the law. So this, this, is an, this is a very interesting take because this IPR court, how it functions, how it will be set up is there for the taking in the future. Mm. But the fact that it is mentioned in the law and that it will come up at some point or the, or the other mm. uh, will, will of course uh, motivate and it's a great step in the positive direction mm. for investors and for companies which are operating in Myanmar. Even for that matter, the patents law. Mm. Now we have various pharma companies operating, various pharma companies which want to set up shop in Myanmar, mm -hmm. which would, the biological research and all of that, mm. they would want to get their patents protected in Myanmar. Mm. So all of that is now regulated under IPR laws and there's a complete new international framework which has been given to this entire thought process. Mm -hmm. So going forward, I think the IPR rights of investors are in good hands, considering the fact that the Myanmar government has actually come up with something as, as protective as this framework. Mm. Thanks a lot, Rohan. I Thank think you. these are all very positive uh, de uh, developments. And let me ask you one thing, Bafna, uh, regarding the dispute resolution mechanism. Uh, do investors have a favorable dispute uh, resolution mechanism in Myanmar and specifically in, in relation to the enforcement of uh, foreign arbitration awards? Certainly. Uh, so the investors do have a favorable uh, mechanism in Myanmar specifically for the enforcement of the foreign arbitral award under the provisions of the arbitration law of 2016. So uh, the Myanmar, uh, specifically like Myanmar acceded to the New York Convention for Enforcement of Foreign Arbitral Award way back in 2013. Mm. However, they have uh, enacted the arbitration law in 2016, which is basically based on the UNCITRAL model uh, as per the international practices. So therein, save for a few exceptions, which are uniformly stated under the UNCITRAL model itself, the courts in Myanmar will be enforcing the Uh, foreign arbitral award in the form of a decree in Myanmar. However, uh, it would be really interesting to see uh, because since until now we have not have any we have not seen or not aware of any foreign arbitral award which have been enforced in Myanmar. So it would be really interesting to see how the term national interest which is one of the exceptions stated for enforcement of foreign arbitral award would be interpreted by the courts in Myanmar mm. and we would be really uh, we really look forward to see how this will go ahead and like uh, almost other jurisdictions in the world this term which is used in uh, in the way like the other term which is used in different jurisdiction is the public interest which have been used in a different nomenclature in Myanmar as a national interest which is essentially the same But it has been left to the interpretation by the several courts in the country, and accordingly, that's the same process which uh, the uh, which the government has adopted under the um, arbitration law in Myanmar. And we are really curious, and we really, we really look forward to how the courts will be interpreting these terms and how the enforcement of the various foreign arbitral award will be taking place in Myanmar. Mm -hmm. But yes, they do have a legislation which has been properly enacted and enforced in the country. So that's certainly possible. Thank you, Vafna. I think thanks a lot for, for letting us know about the, the current situation. Uh, I think we have uh, run out of time. Uh, yes. Thank you both for, for all your insights and, and, and the conversation. And thank this you, has been Pablo. the... Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Pablo. Thank you very much, Pablo, Pablo, for having us. Thank you.
This has been the first uh, podcast uh, hosted by Eurocham Myanmar uh, regarding uh, different issues uh, concerning the evolving landscape of investment in Myanmar. Uh, thanks a lot for our listener. Uh, we hope that you may have uh, found this conversation interesting and useful, and we will uh, be having more in the in the future. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank, Thank you so you. much.